Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day. It is good to see you, to be with you, to celebrate with you, and to continue this series. And my people, um, we are in Exodus 19 today, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to stick in just Exodus 19. This is a crazy series where one Sunday you could have five chapters of Exodus, and the next you have one. So uh, I'm thankful today that we just have one. I'm going to pray for us, and then uh, I figured it's Mother's Day, so I'll tell you about my mama. All right, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much uh, just for the opportunity to worship you this morning as we sing. And it just felt so good to sing. I am a child of God. Thanks that we can sit in this room and say, uh, regardless of our earthly parents, that we have a heavenly father who loves us unconditionally, who meets all our needs, who walks with us, who allows us never to be alone. And this morning we give you praise and honor and glory for that. We thank you for that. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Would you help us to see in Exodus 19 ourselves and yet what you desired for us and be able to live in what you desired for us? We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So my mom, my mom was just built different. Now I know a lot of people in this room probably say your mom was built different, but my mom was built different, okay? Uh, she came straight out of high school and uh, was uh, trained in computer programming by a company called Public Service Indiana. Um, she would continue to work for Public Service Indiana until uh, the day she retired. Uh, but when my brother and I, we got to middle school, high school age, she decided to shift her schedule and she uh, requested if she could work four 10-hour days uh, so that she might have a Friday to be able to do whatever she wanted to do. And so uh, her job granted her that permission. So she would be up and gone long before us as kids got up. Now, I can remember this vividly as a, a young uh, boy. My, like my mom was gone and, and off and gone. And my dad would wake us up. And my dad, you have to know this about my dad. My dad is uh, almost completely colorblind. So like the way I got woke up in middle school was, hey, hey, wake up. Is these black or blue? Right? I mean, I'm trying to figure out whether socks were black or blue. Like, seriously, dad, like, uh, just give me a second. I can't even open my, you know, got eye crusties. I can't even get my eyes open yet. Black or blue? Come on. You know, like, uh, but that's the way my dad woke us up because my mom was already gone to work. She started work at six. She'd work till five. She'd come home, make us dinner, help us with homework. Uh, my dad traveled a lot as a businessman. And, and so there were, there were times where my mom, I mean, she was the keeper of everything. Okay, like the keeper of our schedules. She knew what we had to do, who needed to be at what practice, where we needed to be, where my dad was, which was like, we never really knew where my dad was. Like he was gone all the time. So it was like, he traveled every week. So it was like, I don't know, Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin, he's somewhere, right? Uh, she was the keeper uh, of the laundry, okay? Like, I don't know if you moms out there are keeper of laundries. My mom was like a wizard with laundry. Like I would wake up sometimes in the middle of the night because I'd hear the laundry being turned over. In the middle of the night, my mom would get up to make sure that the laundry got done uh, in the middle of the night. And in fact, I even asked my mom, I had to ask her. Like I realized my mom did not work on Fridays. What did she do? I'm 38 years old. I had to call my mom and be like, what did you do on Fridays? I have no idea. I had no idea until this past week. My mom's like, well, I... I I would cook and prepare food. I would do laundry. I would uh, take care of the house. I would tend to the 18 apartments we owned and make sure everything was good there and get people set up for what they need to do. I take care of the house bills. I'm like, I thought you took a nap, you know? <laughs> she just laughed at me, you know, like some mom does. 
But she was the keeper. She was also the keeper of the money. This was probably the funniest part, right, for my mom. Keeper of the money. My dad used to pull up to ATMs. My dad's a great guy. My dad just, he just, he was good at a few things, right? And uh, he used to pull up to ATM and he pulled to the back window where I was and roll it down and be like, here, get 60 bucks out. I'm like, in middle school, knowing how to use an ATM because my dad doesn't, right? Like, so he, he just... He made money, but he didn't really care to manage it. He didn't want to know how much there was. He, that wasn't what he was about, right? He just loved what he did and he wanted to do what he did. And so my mom managed all the money. So at the beginning of the week, we would line up for our allowance as boys. So my brother would go and then I would go and then my dad would go. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, right? And I think the person who had the most dispute with how much he got for that week's allowance was my dad every week honey, I'm traveling to Wisconsin. I need more than just this. You know, like my mom, man, she was the keeper of everything. She was built different. She just was. And the truth is, is that our God is built different. He's different than other gods. If we haven't seen that yet in Exodus, then you haven't been reading and paying attention with us. He is built different than the gods, the false gods of Egypt. He was built different than any God uh, that has ever existed. And in the, in the word of God, there's this, this Hebrew word that we're gonna learn this morning that uh, describes how he was built different. And the word is this, kadosh, kadosh, right? Kadosh, it means this, to be set apart. It can also mean, depending on who you're referring to, set apart for a purpose. When referring to God, it means to be set apart. It's the word we actually sometimes translate in English to holy. Holy is something that is set apart. It's something different than other things. God is set apart. He's different, if we haven't already understood that yet, from all the gods of Egypt. And we see him in this story of Exodus, set himself apart. So that word kadosh, say that with me, kadosh. Yes, kadosh. There we go. Set apart, right? You are set apart. God, you are set apart from everything else, all of creation, all of us. He's set apart from all the other gods. He's set apart. He's above and beyond those things. So we have been looking this last few weeks about how he is set apart. You see, through the plagues and the Red Sea, we learned about how he's set apart in his power. I mean, who can take the Red Sea and just do this with it and keep it there for an amount of time? Only God, all right? Try it sometime. Get a stick, go out to Morris Lake, shove it down into the water and see what happens. Nothing. <laughs> you ain't God, right? Fred reminded us last week as they wandered through the wilderness that, that we saw how God is set apart in his providential care, how he provides for us. You're hungry? Walk outside, look up, start praying. See if something falls from the sky. Ain't gonna happen. Only God can do that, right? Only God can make water come from rock. But here's the thing. It's the people of Israel are being retaught who God is. You see, you remember, they spent 400 years in captivity in Egypt. And so to them, they had started to worship uh, little G-gods, right? Like, you know, my son hits a basketball, shot me in the driveway, does this. Like, what does that even mean? Like, I'm smaller than you? Come on, boy. Like, let's, let's go, right? Like, that's what God does to the other gods. Uh-uh, Right? Like, here are you, here's me, I'm bigger than you, I'm outside of you, I'm set apart from you. And that's what he's trying to help us understand, the people of God, Israel. Now, they get to 
this place where we promised they were gonna, right? God promised Moses, hey, here's the sign that I'm the one who's gonna deliver the people from Egypt. You're gonna come back here to the base of Mount Sinai and you're gonna worship God. Remember with the burning bush that didn't get consumed? Like, what? Right, like God said that then, all said now in Exodus 19, where are we? We're back here. Why? Because God is who he says he is and God's gonna do what he says he's gonna do. And he does that. And so here they are at the base of Mount Sinai They've wandered in the wilderness. They've walked through the Red Sea. They've been delivered from Egypt. And God needs to teach them about his character. Now, the way he's going to teach them about his character is through the Ten Commandments. We're not going to get to that today. We're going to get to that next week. But he's going to teach us about his character. But before he can teach us about his character, he's got to let us know about his nature. These are all things we have to understand about God. And God's nature is kadosh. It's set apart. It's different. And so he chooses to do that through Exodus 19. If you have your Bibles, open up with me to Exodus 19. This is where God establishes what I like to say, his street cred with the people of Israel about how he is set apart. This is chapter 19, verse one. Exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. After breaking camp, arrested them. They came to the wilderness of Sinai and they set up camp there at the base of Mount Sinai. Now, if you keep reading fast, you're, you're going to miss it. You're gonna like, that's a big deal. Like they're back where exactly where Moses uh, was told, this is where we're, I'm going to bring you. Like we kind of sometimes just breeze past that. Like it's an introduction to chapter 19. Like, oh, it's just details. No, no, no. This is important. Like God did that. When you're talking about Moses, you remember Moses when he was like given all the excuses of why he couldn't be the person who would deliver. There's no way I can do this. There's no way. You're talking to God. God can do anything despite your circumstances and your lack of ability, right? And God does that. He delivers them to the base of Mount Sinai. So don't skip over that. That's a huge point. Listen, he's already establishing his nature with them, that he's one who keeps his promises. Then he goes on, verse three. And Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord called to him from the mountain and said, give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to the descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples of earth, for all the earth belongs to me. And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. Here he is, establishing his street credit, right? I am the one who brought you to this mountain, right? I'm the one who carried you on an eagle's wings. He's the one who's provided for them at every turn. And now he's going to continue to provide for them. This is like the, the finish of the, I told you this a couple weeks ago. Like this is, a, there's many stories within the bigger story of Exodus, which is, sits in the bigger story of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. This mini story is coming to a close. Listen, I got you back to the mountain, okay? This, that's the end of this mini story. I carried you on eagle's wings. Now it's time for the next mini story. And the next mini story is I'm gonna establish you as my people, my special possession. Right, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I kind of gave you a, a, a look into this week, right? A couple of weeks ago. 
as my holy nation, as my kingdom of priests, I'm gonna establish you now. This is the beginning of a new mini story within the bigger story. And he lays out that if you will obey, and then again, this is verse five. Now, if you obey me and keep my covenant, you will buy my own special treasure. What he's saying there is that he's gonna set you and I apart. He's gonna set the people of Israel apart. Out of all the people on earth, I'm gonna choose this ragtag community of people called Israel and I'm gonna take them and I'm gonna set them apart from everybody else on earth. I am going to call them Kadosh. Now think about this for a second. There's a lot of things in our life that are Kadosh to us, okay? I don't know if you've ever thought about this, set apart. I don't know how many of you got up this morning and made Kool-Aid in your coffee maker, right? Probably didn't happen. Because why? You make coffee in a coffee maker, right? Your coffee maker is set apart for what? To make you coffee. Nobody's making Kool-Aid out of your coffee maker this morning. Nobody got in line at the sign that says coffee and asked for Kool-Aid. This doesn't happen. We don't got big pots back there making Kool-Aid. We got big pots back there making coffee. That's all they do. They make coffee over and over and over and over again. Okay, think about it this way. You have a toothbrush that is kadosh. You have a toothbrush that's set apart, right? What is the purpose of your toothbrush? To brush your teeth. Now, don't tell me there's some of you sickos in here that are spouses that share toothbrushes, okay? That ain't acceptable. Okay? And if you are, I can feel you already right now. Like, well, is it? no, that's gross. Like, I get it. You kiss each other, a spouse is great. But toothbrushes is a different game, all right? I don't know why, but it is. Now, nobody in here is offering up their toothbrush to scrub the toilet bowl. You're not doing that, right? You don't use your toothbrush when your, your drain's clogged with hair and start shoving it down in there hoping you'll get it declogged and then put it back in your toothbrush holder. No, 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 right? You're not dusting the floor in the corners of your, your bathroom with your toothbrush where nobody walks and the cobwebs gather. That didn't happen. Why? Because your toothbrush is kadosh. It's set apart for a purpose, to brush your teeth and only your teeth. That's how it should be. <laughs> Don't be weird, okay? <laughs> Don't be weird. The same is true for you and I. God and that the nation of Israel is saying in this moment, now, if you obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure. From among all the people on earth, all the earth belongs to me. I said, I, I am gonna set you apart, my own special treasure. And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. He even uses the word right there. When it says my holy nation, that word, if you look back at the original language, is kadosh. My nation that has been set apart for a purpose. My people that are set apart. Are you starting to get it? Are we getting it? Like, I feel like I'm saying it 750 times, but I don't know if you're getting it, right? Set apart. You see, God is set apart and God has set you apart. And he sets you apart as a kingdom of priests for a purpose. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say set you apart to be a kingdom of pastors. No, no, no. Pastors, that's, that's my title. 
It's the title that God gave me that, that I get to enjoy and also deal with the downside of, right? But priest is the title he gives to every single one of us in this room, including me. Because priest is different than a pastor. Priest represents something. We're gonna get that in a second. I don't wanna get ahead of myself, right? But it represents something. He's establishing for you and I a, a, a call on our lives. Flip with me if you have your Bibles to First Peter. Because in the New Testament, you see, if you know your Bible, well, you know this, right? You know that like, okay, God establishes the entire nation of Israel as his priests. But in the very next book, Leviticus, does he not establish the Levites, like Aaron and his family, to be the, the priest of God's people? Why does he do that? Well, you're getting ahead of us. Thanks for that, right? But you're getting ahead of us because what happens is, is God establishes his nature, gives us his character through the Ten Commandments, and then what do we do while we're getting the Ten Commandments? We're down there cooking ourselves up a golden calf to worship because we're not real good at this, Okay. And so we fail, okay, I'm, again, I'm, I'm giving you kind of like a look into the next two weeks. We fail, and then God decides, okay, well, if, if the whole nation can't do it, then I'll just, I'll determine one tribe to do it. And this one tribe will take care of it. Until, until one day I remedy the whole situation, and I send a great high priest, his name is Jesus, if you didn't know that, who will fulfill the Ten Commandments, will fulfill the character that I desire for my people. He will die in their place so that they might have another chance at being this kingdom of priests. And then Peter, he comes along and he tells us about that. If you, sorry, you got there before I did. First Peter uh, chapter one, verse 13, it says this. The title of this is call to, a whole, to holy living, to kadosh living, to, to living set apart. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Christ Jesus is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. You see, that's, here we go. Peter's writing, understanding the story we're talking about in Exodus 19. He said, uses the exact same word, God's obedient children. We're gonna get to that in a second, okay? Because that can be overwhelming. Children aren't obedient, right? Okay, maybe you guys have better kids than I do. All right. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. I could go on. I'm not gonna go on for just because I wanna explain this, okay? Here's what I think happens. Sometimes when you and I read this passage, especially when we read uh, verse 15, we read it this way. But now you must be perfect in everything you do, just as God who chose you is perfect. For the scriptures say you must be perfect because I am perfect. And you see, that's wrong. That's not even close. That's not at all what God is saying in this moment. The thing is, is, is that we read that and we project our own shortcomings, our own insecurities the lack of knowledge that we have about the Bible, the, the, the sin that we have in our life, we project that onto God as if we could really affect this set-apart God who's holy. The truth is, is that he's not looking for perfection out of any of us. And if he is, then you might as well go ahead and fire me. That's not what he desires from you and I. 
What he desires from you I is the root word of holy, to be set apart. So instead it should read like this, but now you must be set apart in everything you do, just as God who chose you is set apart. For the scriptures say you must be set apart because I am set apart. So you, you and I, we're called to be set apart from what? From the world. From the world. I think the church is forgetting this today. Not our church, the big C church. We're not supposed to look like everybody else. We're not supposed to act like everybody else. We're not we're supposed to respond like everybody else. God said, I am set apart and I'm setting you apart for what? Go over to chapter two, because he, he again echoes uh, Exodus 19, uh, chapter two, verse five. He says this, and you are living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Christ Jesus, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Again, there's that word. You are his holy priests. Yes, he tried to establish it in Exodus 19. It didn't work out. We failed. So what did he do? He established Levi as the tribe, but we continue to fail. Eventually he brings Jesus along and what happens? We still fail. Do you see the theme here? God is the one who's set apart. He has set us apart and he hopes that we will set ourselves apart in obedience to him. But the problem is, is that you're gonna fail. We're gonna fail. It's why we need to be drawn to the one who is set apart and perfect in all ways. And that is God, our father. And so he says, you are set apart. You are his set apart priests. I've said it again and again and again. Uh, you, God has set apart and he has set you apart. God is looking for people. He has been since Exodus 19. Who will be set apart? Set apart in what is the question? Let me answer it for you. We do this teaching stuff and preparing for messages together um, as a teaching team. It's one of my favorite parts about working here at White River is that I don't form messages in a vacuum. And oftentimes other pastors on our staff have way better ideas than I do, just to be honest. So this is a way better idea of Mark Sullivan's, our North Campus's pastor, which I stole, okay? Straight up, just stole it because it was good. He's preaching this morning. I figured I'd preach this morning. He said this, here is what it means to be a priest who is set apart for a purpose, to represent people to God through prayer, and represent God to people through good deeds. That's it. That's it. You, you and I, we get so bogged down in the things that we think God is, is important, that are important to God. In fact, we probably get more bogged down with what other people think of us about what God should look like, right? We get more bogged down with living the perfect life and looking like we have it together, like we have this awesome Christian family. You, you know the story, right? You all fighting and arguing and you walk through the door. Hey, Pastor, good morning. It's good to see you. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, right. Your mama's about to kill you in a minute ago, wasn't she? Uh-huh. Yeah, you want to meet Jesus? Let's go talk about what baptized you this morning. You know, like, you know what I'm talking about? You have kids. You've had kids in the car before. You've been a kid in the car before represent people to God through prayer. When was the last time you represented somebody to God through prayer? When was the last time you just asked someone how you could pray for them? 
I think I was in college when I told somebody, hey, I'll pray for you about that. And they looked at me straight in the face and said, will you pray right now? I'm not sure I've ever told somebody, hey, I'm gonna pray for you. I've just stopped and prayed for people. Is it weird and awkward sometimes in the middle of a grocery store? Yeah, sure. But you know what? We're not supposed to look like everybody else. Is that odd when I end a phone call with a prayer? A little bit. We're not supposed to look like everybody else. You know, I was eating lunch with a, a pastor, friend of mine I hope to be like. Um, he's retired now. And uh, we were at Brew Burger right here in town. And uh, it's a couple weeks ago. And we're talking, catching up. Uh, we ordered uh, this younger guy who was serving us. And as he brought the food out, we were just, we were in conversation. And without hesitation, this pastor looked up at our waiter and said, hey, we're getting ready to pray for, bless our food. Is there anything we can be praying for you? Can I just confess that in that moment, I felt awkward? Your pastor, sitting across from another pastor who was doing a better job than he was, felt awkward in a moment when he said, can we, can I, is there anything I can pray for you? Aaron was our waiter. I have no idea if Aaron knows Jesus. I don't know if Aaron prays. Aaron, without hesitation, said, thank you. My mom's been sick for a month. Could you just pray for her? Yep, we can. And we did. And I sat humbled. Because you see, uh, your job as a priest is to represent people, excuse me, yes, represent people to God through prayer. To be praying for other people on a regular basis. And so who are you praying for right now? This is what it means to be set apart. Asking people how you can pray, praying for them, following up with those prayers. That is different when was the last time some non-Christian asked you how they could be praying for you? Has it happened? When was the last time a Christian asked how they could pray for you? Hopefully that's happened. Outside of your small group, outside of your family, maybe outside of these walls of this church. You are set apart for a purpose. That's the first part. The second one is to represent God to people through good deeds. I don't love telling stories about myself uh, unless they're funny and we can all laugh at me. Um, but I was struggling with this as, as to how to give an illustration. And, and the other night, Amanda was gone. And so usually we do our Devo, but it, it was the night where they ask us questions in our Devo. And, uh, and so we couldn't do it without mom there because I'm like, you ain't asking me those questions without mom, right? Like she ain't getting off with that. So uh, the kids were like, well, what about devotion? We got to do a devotion before we go to bed. I'm like, well, okay, I'll just tell you what I'm preaching this week. So I literally like preached this mini sermon to them. I, they're going to be messed up kids. Okay, like just pray for them. Um, so I preached it to them and, uh, and I got to the end. And I said, but I don't know what story to tell here. And my daughter, without hesitation, said, why don't you tell a story about Walmart? You know, I love Walmart. You remember that? But anyways, I said, oh yeah. She's like, what? Tell that story. That's a perfect story. Okay, so here's the story. So my daughter and I were swinging by Walmart. Uh, random night, we had dinner planned. I think we were picking up a few things that were gonna make our meal that much more exotic. They weren't necessarily necessary for the meal. I was like, you know, pick up those extra things to make it more of a themed dinner night, you know? And so we had grabbed a couple things we needed, two things in fact, and we went into the self-checkout line at Walmart. We're waiting to see which one of these self-checkouts open. As we do, I'm watching this woman who is checking out and she is very meticulous about 
uh, the number uh, underneath the, the word total. And she's making decisions. There's three things in her hands. She swipes one of them, which happens to be diapers, and puts them in her cart. And she takes the other two, looks at the total, and sits them aside and tells uh, the attendant there at self-checkout that she's not going to be able to purchase those things. And in fact, she's a, a, a couple dollars short, but she has change in her car, and she's going to go get the change. If she can just come right back, she'll pay for it all with the money that she has in her hand. It's one of those moments where, you know, like the Holy Spirit just like, you know, hits you with a two by four, you know? I hate those moments. But I'm sitting there thinking, here we are getting ready to pick up two things that are not necessary for our family to eat for dinner tonight. And that lady can't pay for two things. And I looked down at Emma and she was just looking straight at me. It was like the Holy Spirit was looking into my heart. Like, bro, are you gonna act or not? You gonna be set apart or not? Are you gonna do a good deed or not? And I just, I walked up to the tenant. I said, hey, can you scan those two things and put them in her cart? And I just swiped my credit card, receipt printed out. We went and checked out with our two things. And, and my daughter was like, dad, dad, can we stay and watch her? Can we stay? And I'm like, no, we can't. She said, why? I said, because we didn't do it so that we could see how her, she responded or so that she could see us. We did it because my hope and my prayer, honey, is that she'll walk out knowing that God blessed her today. I said, so let's get our butts in our car. And so we hurried out the door. As we heard out the door, she's walking back in, counting change in her hand. And Emma, as I walked out to the car, I looked down. She just looked up at me with this huge smile on her face. That was like two years ago. I wish it was this past week. I wish I did that good deed this past week because then the pastor could tell about the good deed he did this past week. I don't know what I did this past week. Probably nothing. But my daughter learned that day that, that it's not about us when we do good deeds. We represent God to people when we do good deeds, but not for our glory, for his glory. <laughs> Scripture tells us in Exodus 19, you have been set apart. Now, if you obey me and keep my covenant, you'll be my own special treasure from among all the peoples of the earth for all the earth belongs to me and you will be my kingdom of priests, my kadosh, holy, set apart for a purpose nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. It's true then, it's true today. You have been set apart, set apart for a purpose, to represent people to God through prayer and represent God to people through good deeds. That's all. And I'd love nothing more than if you got busy doing that today, today, to pray for others and to do good deeds because you have been set apart by our God who is set apart. Let me pray for you. God, thank you. Thanks that, that you are set apart. You are, your ways are not our ways. We can't understand you because you are outside of this world, this time, and this space. And yet for some reason, in the way that you are holy, you decided to choose us and set us apart as holy. God, would you allow us to lean into that this week? Would you allow us to experience that, to feel that, 
as we pray for people and as we do good deeds for others, as we look different than this world because that's what you called us to do and to be. Help us this week by your Holy Spirit to be set apart for a purpose, to be kadosh, to be the holy nation you desire. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.